so good to be with you. Always have pleasant memories of Mena, Arkansas, yes. the Lakewood Baptist Church. Okay. Second Peter is where I'll have you go. This is where we'll get our text from or our thought as we'll launch off from this place. If you know 2 Peter 3, <clears throat> you know that it speaks of the return of Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. read verses 10 to 14. The text will be in verse 11. Peter says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for, or that is expecting, anticipating, and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, we look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of Him in peace without spot and blameless. Pray with me. Father, we ask for your help, Heavenly Father, on the great and the wonderful and terrible task of preaching your word. I pray, Father, that you would be right in the center of it. I pray two things, Father, that you would be honored and glorified. And next, that your people would be edified, built up upon their most holy faith. Help us, Heavenly Father, this night. Thank you for what we've heard already. Bless my soul. We'll give you the honor for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I'd like you to focus your attention in verse 11 on what Peter says, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Now he bases this upon our anticipation of our Lord's return. Yes. And this is what the doctrine of the return of Christ should do in us. Yes. It should bring an anticipation. It should bring a desire. Yes. In fact, if we're in Christ, we should desire His appearing. We love His appearing. Yes. As for me, I shall behold my face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied. That should be your greatest satisfaction. I shall be satisfied when I awake with, this is important, His likeness. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Beloved, now, listen, not then, now are we the sons of God, children of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we do know this, that when He shall appear, there it is again, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him 
as he is. And every man or woman and boy or girl that believes, and everyone that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. The subject tonight where I'd like to focus your attention is on what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness. As children of God, we should desire godliness. If we truly desire Christ and we desire to be with Him, then we should desire to be godly. Listen, if you're in Christ, you're no longer made for the world. You're not the world's property anymore. You're not the property of the God of this world. You belong to Christ. There should be that something new about you. You follow a different commander. You're under a different cap captain. You're no longer under the God of this world, but you follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, godliness, though, doesn't come automatically. No. Listen, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's where most people stop. The next part, he says, is take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. Paul talks about learning Christ in the book of Ephesians. And beloved, godliness must be cultivated in our lives. We must as we'll see in 1 Timothy 4, exercise ourselves unto godliness. <clears throat> now, I'm going to give you one example of what this godliness, or I'd like to call it godlikeness or Christ-likeness. Look at Luke 6.27. Let me just show you this. And listen, I'll just tell you this. That when God saves you, of course, you're so excited you found rest unto your souls. The Lord Jesus has saved you from your sins. He's delivered you from the dominion and power of sins. He saved you from your sins. He saved you from the world. He saved you from the captivity of the wicked one. He saved you from eternal damnation. You're so excited, but now the training begins. Luke 6.27, I just want to read you this. This is the character that should exist and should be being formed in every one of us. The words of Christ here, notice. He said, verse 627, Luke, But I say unto you which hear, that's important, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And of him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Listen, this, these are spiritual words. The natural man is going to hit back for you. But listen, you need to be walking with Christ. And here's where this God-likeness comes in, this godliness comes in. Notice. He says, verse 30, Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as you would that men should do to you, not as they have done, notice, as you would that they would do unto you, do ye also 
likewise unto them. For if you love them which love you, what thank have you? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have you? For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have you? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. There's no big deal. But love you your enemies. Do good, lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful, even as your Father in heaven is merciful. Beloved, if you and I would be godly in our behavior, in our actions, how we speak, and by the way, those things should be conspicuous in us. Yes. In other words, that's part of your witness for yes. Christ. Yes. Listen, if I live like a worldling and I go out and I shout at people and I'm a striker and I fight in traffic and I cut people off and then I say, hey, tell you about Christ? No. Your witness will stink in the nose of the lost who But beloved, we must... <coughs> Continually be being conformed, changed, built up, and exercising ourselves unto godliness. Now, that's going to happen intentionally. Colossians tells us part of that. You know, Paul starts out in Colossians 3 and he says, If you're risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. You seek. If you're risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. It's another word of intention. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. This is what you do. For you are dead and your life is here with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with Him in glory. If that's all true about you, now, if that's true about you, mortify therefore your members which are upon you. Yeah. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. In other words, that's why people are eternally damned that are lost. The wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. In the which ye also walk sometime when you lived in them, but that's not how you walk anymore. But you must intentionally do these things. Mortification doesn't just happen. You don't just sit there and your sins fall off of you. It'd be really nice if that's the way it was. But it's not. You need to put off the old yes. man. Yes. Deliberately by faith. So he says, and now put you off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. Filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have deliberately put off the old man with his deeds. And you put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free. But Christ is all and in all. Now you put off, now deliberately put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Yeah. 
If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on. You put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's intentional. That's what you and I are to do, beloved, each day. It's one of the most serviceable and beautiful chapters in all of the Word of God, Colossians 3. Back to one thought, though, on the words of Christ in Luke 6.35. Christian, if you obey my word, Jesus said, if you love your enemies, if you show mercy and kindness to those who don't deserve it, if you bless them that curse you, if you pray for those that hate you, he says, you shall be children of the highest. Now think about what he's saying there. Do you understand what he's saying? He's saying you will look like and resemble your heavenly father. No, you can't see God, but you'll look like him in character. You will be godly. You will be godlike. You will be Christ-like. Listen, godliness is formed in us by reverence and love for God. And then by high esteem and respect for God and for his commands, which will then be seen in outward obedience and in practice in our lives. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my word. And so, beloved, that's how godliness will be formed in us. Again, to be godly is to actually resemble God. It's to be godlike in our spirit and in our character. Listen, it's God's revealed will that sinners turn from their sins to Christ. If you're lost, it's God's revealed will that you repent tonight. God commands all men everywhere to repent. That's true. The Word of God teaches that. What's also true is it is God's will that every Christian be godly. Yes. That every Christian be godly. Uh -oh. Romans 8.29 says, For whom he did foreknow, <clears throat> he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Yes. One of the greatest things you can study is the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Study his life, his words, the way he behaved when he was among sinners. Beloved, he's our great example. So how may I gain and achieve this godliness? How can I be conformed? How can I be fashioned into the image of Christ? Well, first things first, you must be born again. You can't build a house on the sand and you cannot be godly apart from possessing the Spirit of God within what does Paul say in Romans 8? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You must be born again if you would have true godliness. Listen, you can't have godliness apart from Christ. You can cry, try and turn over a leaf. You can try and be a good person out in the world. You could just go to church, but then you'd only have a form of godliness. But you wouldn't actually have the real thing. Listen, if God's Spirit is in you, you have a new heart and a new spirit. You're no longer the same person that you used to be. And listen, you need to take hold of that. Paul says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away to include old thoughts, old habits, old words. All of that is passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
You don't walk the way you used to walk in the which time past you used to walk in your sins. You practice your sins. Beloved, we have a new practice now. Yes. We have new habits. We have a new love. And so, beloved, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Understand this, that your salvation is not a ticket or a pass that you get from God, that you throw in a drawer until you get ready to die, and then you redeem it. Listen, nobody's going to live and profess, yes, I'm a Christian and I got my... Yeah, I prayed a prayer a long time ago and you just live like the world. You think that all of a sudden you're going to die and you're going to lift up your eyes in heaven? Uh-uh, it's not going to happen like that. No, beloved. All those that believe in Christ will live for Christ. When God saves a sinner, the sinner's old life ceases and that sinner's new life commences. And so that's how it happens. If I could use something that happened to the Lord Jesus, if you remember, this is how the Christian life commences. At the pool of Bethesda, remember the man that Jesus healed, and then there was the woman caught the sin of adultery. He told both of them the same thing. And this is how, the, this is how it happens when God saves you. Go and sin no more. And so that should be our motto, our anthem. That's how we should move forward, beloved every day of our lives. Listen, in Christ, you will no longer live in your sin, love your sins. You'll no longer love the world. No, you would, you should hate your sins. Listen, if that's who you are in Christ and you believed on Christ, you've turned from your sins, you should hate your sins and you should love Christ. You won't practice sin anymore. You'll practice righteousness. 1 John 2.29, the Apostle John says, he that doeth righteousness is born of God. 1 John 2.29 So listen, even for genuinely saved people though, godliness is not just going to happen automatically or without any discipline or effort. You must put forth effort. You must walk by your faith. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. If I could direct you there. Two passages. If you're not there, you can just listen. 1 Peter 2.2 2. Actually 2.1 Peter says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, notice, lay aside, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. 2 Peter 3.18, just listen. Peter says, but grow. Don't just believe and stay at idle. No, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Christian, if you would be godly, and godliness is not an option, it's a command, you must, as Paul wrote to Timothy, exercise thyself unto godliness. Exercise. Spiritual fitness. Yes. The word exercise is a Greek word that is akin to our word gymnasium. It's where we get the English word gymnasium from. The meaning is to train, to discipline yourself in your Christian life toward godliness. Kind of like the professional athletes who train and discipline their bodies in the gym, exercising their minds and their bodies 
for one thing, the sport. They discipline, they train ourselves. In fact, we see these guys play golf or hit a golf ball. You ever see Tiger Woods? He can put a golf ball on a on a on a club and he can bounce it up and down like that. That's a training. You see the amazing things that the Olympians can do. So, listen, beloved, for us, this is the example that Paul used to teach us. If you would be godly, you will need to spend quality time each day in the spiritual gym, exercising your heart and your mind in the means of grace that God has provided for you. What are the means of grace? In the Word of God, reading the Word of God. Seek ye out of the book and read. Practice the truths that you read. Obey the truths that you read. Exercise yourself in prayer. Seek the Lord in prayer, beloved. Avail yourself to the means of grace. Gather with the saints. Fellowship with the saints. All those things are edifying. You need those things. So in reading and practice of the word, secret prayer, identifying and putting off sin. I'm a military guy, so I call it search and destroy. <laughs> Gathering with the saints in fellowship. <clears throat> now listen, we all admire godliness when we see it, don't we? If we're true Christians, and even the lost, they'll admire godliness. They look at it and they're saying, that's commendable. For the most part. Maybe not always. But we, are, we admire godliness when we see it in a devoted brother or sister in Christ. We might even say in our hearts, I want to be like that. Yes. But what you don't see, if you see that, what you don't see are the spiritual struggles of that brother or sister in Christ. What you don't see is them struggling with a besetting sin, putting off sin, resisting temptations, confessing their besetting sins to the Lord. You may not see the spiritual exercise, the spiritual training and discipline, but what you see outwardly is the results of that. Now, I want to use an example. Does Cactus 50 and 49 resonate with anybody? Does anybody know what I'm talking about when I say Cactus 50 and 49? Well, I'm an airplane guy, so Cactus 50 and 49 was the call sign of United Flight 1549 in 2009 a United Airlines Airbus A320 very large airline it was piloted by Captain Chesley Sullenberger y'all know what I'm talking about now he landed that plane on the Hudson River it's called the miracle on the Hudson everybody saw that and everybody hailed and calls a hero, Captain Chelsea Sullenberger. Seems to be a pretty honorable guy. Everybody saw the film of him landing that airplane. All 155 souls on board survived. That's an amazing feat. That's what everybody saw. But let me tell you what you didn't see. Years of training and discipline in the flight simulator crashing in the flight simulator so that he would be trained and disciplined and exercised in his craft of flying big jets and being able to handle an in-flight emergency like that, like losing both engines below 3,000 feet. See, everybody saw what was so, really, it was a wild thing. And when we behold things like this in wonder and amazement, 
We're wowed by them. What looks like an effortless performance. In fact, when you watch the plane land, he landed perfectly. He knew he couldn't have too much nose up because the plane would slap down. He knew he couldn't have too much nose down because the plane would have dove under the water. But he landed it perfectly. And so we see that as an effortless, beautiful performance. What a performance. He actually landed the airplane. But again, what we didn't see was the training behind the scenes. What we didn't see was how many times he crashed in the simulator. Or how many times. Beloved, what we don't see when we see the beautiful figure skater doing a triple axel. What we don't see is how many times he or she fell on the ice. When we see the concerto and we hear the first chair violinist play that beautiful concerto, what we didn't see was all the practice it took for them to get there. Again, in the Christian's life, godliness <coughs> will not just happen apart from exercise, spiritual exercise, discipline, and training. But child of God, we're all called to it. Yes. If I could use this verse, Hebrews 12, 14, follow peace with all men means pursue it. And holiness, which is akin to godliness, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Listen, there is grace given to every believer from God to live their Christian life. But Christianity is not a skill that's learned without the Spirit of God like you learn math from a math book, like from a textbook. You can't learn Christ or learn godliness apart from having the Spirit of God and the help of God. But if you would be godly, Christian, you must exercise yourself unto godliness. Yeah. Now, if you'll turn to Ephesians 4.22, I'll just give a few supporting texts here, a few supporting scriptures. Ephesians. Listen, it bothers me to see people who profess to be Christians, and yet there's not one indication from their life, yeah. from their words, or from their actions, that there's any godliness in them. In fact, most of their lives can be characterized by ungodliness. I mean, listen, we live in kind of a poorer neighborhood there in Springfield, and everybody's a Christian. You're a Christian? Everybody's a Christian. But it's disheartening, brethren, because... Everybody wants a ticket to heaven. But how many want to live for Christ? Listen, if we truly love Christ, and as our opening text says, listen, we look for His appearing. We desire Him. We love Him. We want to be with Him. Beloved, then we're going to want to live for Christ. Listen, that's the nature that is in us. He's made us new. We're His he is our king. He is our governor. He is our captain. Look at Ephesians 4. There's where you see that phrase that Paul uses. Look at verse, in verse 20. He says, But you have not so learned Christ. And that's my question for you. Are you learning Christ? Brother, Do Brother, Brother McDool said it. Are you learning Christ? I saw this. I love this. Grow in grace. That's for you to do. Listen, God gives us faith. It's His gift. But now you must use what He's given you. Grow in 
grace. He says, but you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. 2 Peter, 2 Peter, and I'll wind it down here, 2 Peter chapter 1, you know this passage. Listen, that song, Psalm 17, 15, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall, see, I, I shall be satisfied when I awake with his light. <clears throat> Listen, that ought to be the joy and rejoicing of our hearts, beloved. And if we love Christ the way we profess to love Christ, then we should want to live in such a manner that would honor Christ in our lives. Second Peter, look at it. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us, bestowed graciously upon us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, and it means you making every effort add to your faith, virtue. This is for you, Christian. And to virtue, knowledge, the word adds implied there. Add to knowledge, temperance. Add to temperance, patience. Add to patience, godliness. And add to godliness, brotherly kindness. And add to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. So just as the professional athlete trains and exercises religiously to perform in the games, or the pilot trains for thousands of hours. By the way, Sully had over 20,000 flying hours. He was an Air Force pilot, so he's one of our own. And even as the solo violinist practices and practices and practices to play in that first chair. So, beloved, if we would be godly Christians, and we should all be godly Christians, then we must exercise ourselves unto godliness. We must know this book. And listen, not just to fill our heads with knowledge, but believe and practice the knowledge that we know. Listen, we know a lot of things, but how much of it do we believe and how much of it do we practice? And beloved, that's where it's got to be for us. We must exercise ourselves, and if I could say this, religiously and habitually in the Word, in prayer, in mortification, in meditation, 
off the field, out of the sight of the world, yes. and then practice it on the field in the world. Yeah. Listen, when I was lost, I used to weight train. I wouldn't miss a workout for anybody. Not even my wife. She remembered that. That was my sin. But that was my craft. No more, beloved. Listen, Jesus doesn't save us to not be our Lord. Yes. He is your Lord and Savior. That should beget in you a loving and willing obedience. To know more of Him, to love Him more, to walk in His ways. Beloved, that should be us. I'll close where I begin. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Yes.